are back on the ranch. Thank you everyone for chiming in tonight for uh, this version of On the Ranch. We have a really special guest tonight because we are all there. This is like girls' night on the ranch. You know, Jennifer Alvarado is going to be coming on in a second. Um, and we're going to talk about everything Americana music um, because, it, again, it's a broad topic these days and it means different things to different people around the world. So, again, we're going to talk music all night. Uh, let me show you this. Oh, we have comments coming in already. Billy's here. Billy's shouting in saying hello. So that's awesome. Let me show you my banner here. Yes. If you would like to be on the show, um, it's randyoneal.com forward slash shows. And there's the application if you want to join. If you're listening, I can see all your comments. So feel free to send in questions, comments, feedback on songs, all that good stuff. All right. So without further ado, oh, one other thing. Next week, I'm going to be on the road on the ranch. That's right. I'm going to be touring around down south. I'm going to be in Jennifer's territory, North Carolina. We might have to do lunch. Um, so we'll be on the road a little bit, but we're, we're going to make it all happen. So make sure you tune in week to week. We have another great guest. So let's talk to Jennifer. Hi. 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 <laughs> Now, we're both the walking wounded, so <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Yes, thanks um, for having me. Um, I'm glad that you're feeling better. <laughs> and you're still pushing through some things, so. Yeah, I am, but that's okay. We're good. I got the fan blowing. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, running fever is the worst. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what you do for that. Do you feed a fever? I think you starve a fever. Starve a fever, feed is a cold. Right? Yeah, feed a cold, starve a fever, I think is what it is. All right, if anyone else knows that. Um, I th I there has to be one good side of like an illness if you get to like eat relentlessly. Right? <laughs> yeah, I do not want to eat anything right now. <laughs> okay, so you're in the starving phase. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I starve it to death. I don't yeah. know. I, I get the weirdest cravings when I'm sick. It's so really? Weird. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I, I usually am just like, I don't want to do anything. I want to just lay there and like stare at the ceiling and whatever. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Well, welcome to the ranch. Thank you. Thank um, you for having me. Oh, I'm glad you, I'm glad you reached out. Um, and you're, you're hailing from where? So I am based in Vail, North Carolina. So I grew right. up in Hickory and then moved to Vail when I got married. So that's about 30 minutes away from Hickory. So yeah, I'm in North Carolina and then I go back and forth between North Carolina and Tennessee, um, because I'm, I'm working on the whole music thing. So right. Kind of got to show up. So <laughs> And I asked a lot of my artists the same real question. Um, I mean, you're you're in, down in the south. You're between North Carolina and and Nashville. And um, why country music? I think for me, so you know, I grew up with country music. My grandparents, my my grandfather played on a radio station, a local radio station. So he was very much into like bluegrass and all of that. And my grandmother was 
quintessential like TNN CMT queen. Like she introduced me to everything. And that was one thing that we shared was country music. So like we, we loved it and we would sit there and watch music videos when I was at her house and we would watch concerts and all of that. And so she just, she had this love of music. And, and I think that I got that from her, well, from both my grandparents, but um, yeah. So I, I think for one thing, I was born on her birthday. And so we shared a birthday. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. And she passed away when I was 10. And so I think part of my just, it, it always feels like home for me. Like the country music is sort of like continuing to live out that legacy for her. Oh, that's amazing. So it sounds like it really was something that brought your family together was this yeah. kind of passion for music. And it sounds like different styles of country music. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, they, they were very traditional. But then she was the one that would sit there and listen to like the new stuff as well. So, you know, she got me into Reba McIntyre's my absolute like that. That's my absolute. So, um, and I remember because my other grandmother didn't really understand country music. Like she was more into, you know, Bill Gaither and the gospel, like the whole gospel quartets and stuff like that. And um, so I just remember sitting there talking to my other grandmother about Reba and she was like, no, she's amazing. Like, don't worry about it. Like, just you know, <laughs> so that was just, you know, it was our common bond. Like that's just what we had. And so for me, it's always been about, storytelling like I would sit in a parking lot with my grandmother and we would make up stories about people we were watching which it's very stalker-esque but you know it helps you like learn to tell stories and so I think because of that I gravitate toward country music because it still is like it's moved away a little bit from storytelling but I think storytelling will always be there and I think it's moving back to the whole storytelling aspect. I, th I think the storytelling is still quintessential it country is. music. Yes. Now there's modern country music, and now you're seeing the structure of country music change a little bit. Mm -hmm. You're seeing more pre-choruses. Yeah. You know, in yeah. music, which is supposed to be a pop thing. Right. You know, um, so you see, you're, you're kind of uh, shifting things up a little bit, but I think the storytelling is what keeps things kind of in the country vein. Some crossover with folk, they can get, there's a lot of imagery in folk music too. But, yeah. um, oh, we're getting a lot of hellos here. Hi. Jamie Potter. Mark Rosner was on a minute ago. He was saying hello too. So we're across seven platforms right now. Okay, awesome. And Blast Music 24-7 is the producer of, of, of our event. So we're on a couple YouTube stations, Facebook. Um, so any of those platforms, feel free to, to say hello, ask questions if you want, um, because we're going to see it. So it, it's kind of a fun platform. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool to see things pop in. So I know. I know. I love it. I like StreamYard. It took some getting used to. Well, you know what? I was using it, but it wasn't until Troy, my producer, Troy Saha, like taught me like I was, I should have been doing it differently, you know, like, and I'm that's like, right. oh, that's so much easier. <laughs> no. Who knew? But yeah, high tech on the ranch. Um, one of the things that I enjoy about country music is people are 
passionate about country music mm -hmm. and the storytelling, but they're open to different people. You know, you, um, they want to hear new people and new country and new songs. Right. It's not like pop music where you have the same people in the top 10 all the time. Mm -hmm. You do have kind of a rotation and, you know, okay, now we have a new song from this person and the new, you know, they seem to be a lot more right. open right. to, you know, different songs. Well, and I think that that's what I love about it too, is that, you know, if you look at, if you look at country music, like there's so many different forms that come into it, like different styles of music. So there's blues, there's, you know, some rock elements. Um, mm -hmm. It's not just this one little thing, like there's other things that are pulled into it. There's a lot of gospel. And, and I think because for me, like my faith is number one. And so that's another thing that I, I want to have something where I can still talk about my faith. Um, and, but not necessarily be like in your face, but, but still pull that element in to where mm -hmm. it's that common denominator with, with just, living life and, and knowing like how somebody grew up. And because to me, that's what it's all about. It's telling that it's almost passing down stories from generations before. But it's your story that you're passing on too. Right. right. The little piece of yourself that's, you know, you're finding who resonates with that as well. You know, and I have to tell you, as soon as you talked about your faith, we got some reactions too. We got a few likes on that. Okay. So, you know, it's not always somebody people come, you know, out on and say, yeah, my faith is number one, you know, but. Oh, yeah, most definitely it is. That, that's so I'm actually a worship pastor. So um, oh. that's yeah. So that's that's I guess my job, my day job or whatever. I don't know what you call it because I'm a full time musician. But yeah, I, I work as a worship pastor for a small church um, in North Carolina. So that's another reason that I'm still based in North Carolina is. I want to be home for that. I want to be home for Sunday morning. Oh, definitely. Um, definitely. You're really entrenched in that community. Well, mm -hmm. and I grew up being a worship leader. So I, that's really where I got my footing. My first album was contemporary Christian. So, and, and honestly, that was the path I was on. And then, you know, 2020 happened and I had all of these songs that I had written that were country. Um, and and more focus and that kind of thing and i'm home and it's kind of like okay well let's just let's see what i can do with this let's see if anybody resonates with it or not and and so that's when i started releasing the things um but before then my focus was was very much church and and contemporary christian oh that's really nice and there is again that crossover that we're seeing a lot of these days like you were saying before, there's some rock elements. There's little gospel. There's a little folk, yeah. you know, depending on the tempo, the structure, you know, of the song itself. Yes. So. Okay. Well, why don't we listen to one of the songs? Okay. Um, I think we're going to listen to your acoustic first, right? Oh, Tell yes. us about Lose Control. So, um, again, this is one that I kind of wrote with my husband in mind. Um, and it's all about just if you allow yourself to be vulnerable um, and actually let down some of those walls, where could this relationship go? Because we both had come from 
not so great of relationships beforehand. And uh, we both went into our relationship kind of scared, scared of do actually our um, friends set us up on a first day and they kind of like fooled us into meeting. And we were very much like, neither of us want this. Like, I mean, I remember we even said to each other, like, I don't want anything. You don't want anything, you know, that kind of thing. And within like a couple of weeks, it was like, oh, <laughs> so, you know, it, it was just right. But there was that piece of the vulnerability that was, was hard at the beginning to let go of. Oh, it is. When you were coming out of a bad relationship, the first thing you do is like, oh, never again. Yeah, never I'm again. done. I this mistake again. And here you are in a song saying, oh, let's lose control. Yeah, pretty much. You know, let's get <laughs> all of that. All right, let's give this a listen. Okay.
All right, and we're back. Some high praise for that one. Move over, Reba. That that is thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's high praise. Yeah. That's that awesome. Be, that would be awesome. If I could just meet Reba, that would be awesome. <laughs> And the thing about Reba and some of the other country artists is they're such strong musicians as well. I mean, that chick can play. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You know, Dolly Parton, all of them. She plays with nails, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. I have not mastered the nail thing. So I don't I don't play with a pick. And so, like, my nails are, like, worn down to, like, nubs. You don't play with a pick? <laughs> I don't. I don't. My guitar teacher has always hated me. Like he's like when I when I used to take guitar, he was like, just use the pick. And I'm like, I, I don't want to. There's just something with the feel of it. I don't know. I, I have to have my nails. And I try not to use the pick. Like I, you know, I've tried the different like little pick things and yeah. You know, I always I I can't use a pick. I can't finger style. Okay. I'm terrible at finger style. But, but yeah, so my, my nails look horrendous. <laughs> but that's okay. Well, Jimmy doesn't use the pick either, but he's a bass no. player. So, like, stop. <laughs> you know, that doesn't count. You're like baseball. I, I found them on bass players that use this pick, actually. I just, <laughs> they should be talking. Like, they, well, yeah. Jamie also does upright bass. So, oh, okay. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> orchestra trained, uh, symphony trained musicians. So. Nice, nice. Yeah, I love, I love upright bass. Even with the electric, you're not using a pick. No, typically you wouldn't. I don't. Anytime I've filled in for bass, I've never. I mean, of course, I don't use a pick anyway. So what am I saying? Like, of course, I'm not using a pick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. Oh. There's a lot of like most of so honestly like other like my friends that play it's usually like one of the guys that's like what are you doing because I, I guess they know like how bad it can be for your nails and I'm like I don't care like that's how I play. Well, isn't that a little stereotypical that we're supposed to be keeping our nails? I, I don't know. I remember so <laughs> this, this is a long or long ago story, but I I wanted to be the like. I don't know the prissy prom person. So I went and got my nails done and literally I got them done Friday for prom. And then by Monday I, I went and got them taken off. Cause I was like, I can't play guitar. I can't function. Like this is not working for me. So yeah. <laughs> People don't understand when you first put those on, how bad do they hurt? They hurt, but then you can't do anything. Or at least I could not do anything. Like I think it is a fantastic skill for anyone who has nails <laughs> that are able to actually function, but I am not one of them. <laughs> I am not one of them. They're not functioning. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, and plus, like when you're hitting stuff, it hurts. Yeah, it does. So it does. I, anyway, yeah. I but tried for special occasions. I'm, I'm like, Billy doesn't use a pick either. See? Okay. Oh, well. Turn in the drums, Billy. Ah. Okay. Well, 
I mean, I'm guessing you're at least using sticks. That's something. So being funny because you know he does play guitar. So. <laughs> <laughs> y'all are my people you're like no I don't <laughs> yeah fellow musicians in the house there you go there you go so I that's um an acoustic bass here I yeah. during COVID I thought I'd teach myself yeah <laughs> well I was, I was like, all right but you know that I was picking I was trying to pluck in um but Regular guitar, like, uh, I need a pick. Yeah, my bass is actually in the closet, and I've got to get it, like, set up again because it, the, it's such a high, like, it's, it's so high up um, um, that it, I mean, it takes everything you have just to, like, make a note. And so I've got to get it, I've got to get it actually, like, reset and all that because the neck is all messed up on it. Well, I always get my reset. I have teeny tiny hands, like, like kids' hands. So I always go in there and I said, the, the fastest action you could possibly get without buzzing. Because, gotcha. Okay. I don't, you know, I don't have much. Plus, I messed up a knuckle and actually had to buy a new guitar. An excuse to buy a new guitar as if I needed one. <laughs> but that knuckle's totally messed and I can't bar chord on an acoustic guitar. So oh, okay. I, had a, I just bought a new electric and had it all reset. But it plays like an acoustic, so it's really cool. One of mine's set up like an acoustic. Yeah. So I understand. I it, it, the what it's action and everything set up like the acoustic so that I can I mean that's usually when I'm doing rhythm guitar or something. That's mm -hmm. what I'm doing for it. Oh, cool. Cool. What kind of guitar is that? Uh, it's a Fender. A Fender. Okay. Yeah. I've had it since I was 17. My papa got it for me for my 17th birthday. You so. know what? I think I'm the only guitar player on the face of the earth that doesn't have a Fender Stratocaster. Really? <laughs> maybe so. Yeah, honestly, maybe so. I, 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 keep wanting, I keep wanting a red Les Paul, like a cherry red Les Paul, but anyway one my, yeah, my prs is uh okay is cherry red it's gorgeous nice okay okay jamie wants to know what fender model it's a strat it's a stratocaster, stratocaster. yeah or yeah. yeah yeah it's a strat yeah so girls with guitars how awesome is that I love them. I love them. I have an addiction. How do girls buy guitars differently than guys? I would say I, that. I think we're more practical with our approach and more versatile where guys are going to buy like a lot of different gear. Am I wrong? Yeah. I, I, I would agree with that based on, well, okay. For example, I just did a show um, at the Mockingbird in Franklin and this guy came in and I, granted the guy's like, he works for Gibson. So like he, can, <laughs> All right. All right. like he can, he can do whatever he wants, but he came in with like this, um, it was cherry red, but it was like, he had designed like the, the actual like body of it and everything. And there's just no way like that I would play that long term. Like I just wouldn't. And it, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It sounded amazing, but it's just, it's not my style. And so I always, I sit there and I've wanted like a, that red guitar for like years upon years at this point. And I will go buy like a Taylor 
whatever, you know, like a Taylor acoustic because that's practical and, and that's what I need for the most part. So no, I totally get it. But my, like my friend Brian has like every guitar known to man and he gets right. like this color and then he gets this color and I'm like, okay. Oh, listen to this. And you're right. Like I'm going to have one guitar during my set that yeah. stays in tune, matches most of my outfit. And, you know, it's a very practical, you know, arrangement where I, you know, guys are, I saw the Goo Goo Dolls in concert. Okay. He, he must've had 40 guitars in one song. He kept rotating like, oh, really? like guitars in and out. Cause he wow. he does all kinds of crazy tunings and stuff. And I'm like, I want one guitar that's going to get me through a set that's, you know, real versatile. You know. Maybe two in case I do a lot of things and drop D and don't want to tune. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and okay, this, this one here is carbon fiber. I don't even have to tune it during the whole set. Oh, awesome. You know. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I Sometimes I have to, especially the strings that I have on mine right now. I'm having to tune like after every three songs, like it's just completely out. So I've got to change my strings. I'm, I'm notorious for, for keeping on the strings until like they're fraying and I've got to get rid of them. So yeah. that's probably a girl thing too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very picky with my strings too. Like I, I have to have custom light. Um, just, I don't know. I don't know what it is about them, but I've got to have a custom light if I'm doing I get that. I get that. And I'm really picky about my pick. Okay. You don't use a pick, but no. there's one pick. Like if I don't like, I, I had to order a whole bunch more because I like, I don't know. They disappear into the vortex or something. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay. They turn up in the weirdest places, but um, <laughs> in one show I was like, Oh my God, like I didn't have this pick. And you know, finally there was one in my change purse. So I all was good with the universe, but mm -hmm. Yeah. I got All right. So let's hear some more of your music. Okay. Um, we're going to see one of your videos now. Yeah. This is kind of a cool one called Filthy Water. Tell us about Filthy Water. Yeah. So uh, this is my angsty song, I guess you would call it. Um, so I had, this was actually sort of during the transition of me leaving the church full time and just a lot of things had happened. So I was, I was stepping away from the church and stepping into, to this music thing over here. And um, basically it's just about that the truth always comes out. But one thing that I always grew up hearing was the saying of don't throw the baby out with the bath water, meaning don't throw the good out as well. Right, right. And my thought process was, yeah, but sometimes you need to just throw it all out. Like sometimes you need to just throw that entire experience to the side and walk away from it. And so that's really what this song is about. All right, let's give it a listen. Filthy water.
talk to me Light a match and watch it burn Soon the table's gonna turn with Jennifer Alvarado out of North Carolina. That was Dirty Water. You're on the ranch, our weekly show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are, again, across the social media on, on a bunch of different platforms, seven different platforms. So if you're watching, you have a question or a comment, feel free, because uh, we can see it here uh, in StreamYards. So um we were just listening to filthy water and looks like you were having fun running around the woods there. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I think for me, it's awkward. Like always making a video, like it's just awkward. Like I, that is not my, 
somebody asked me the other day, like, what, what's your, like, is, is making videos like your number one? And I was like, uh, no, that would be like the end of the list, very bottom, like have to do it out of necessity kind of thing. So. <laughs> and I, I just like play with my inner child when I'm on, when I do video, I love doing video. Yeah. That's good. I mean, maybe one day I'll get past that, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> now, you, you mentioned at one point that um, your husband was an influence. Is he also a musician? Are you right together or? No, no. He he will tell you like the only thing he's able to do musically is run the radio. So, yeah. But uh, but no, he, he definitely, he was the one that honestly got me back into music because I, I was always very protective of my songwriting, if that makes sense. Um, and I had gotten like a lot of criticism growing up from it. And so I, I sort of put it on the back burner and my songs were like my little protective cocoon, if you will. And so I remember when I first started sharing songs with him, he was like, listen, like, these are good. Like you need to do something with this. And then also he was the first person that was just like, your eyes light up and you're, you're passionate about this. When you talk about music, like, why are you not doing this? Why are you letting this just be on the back burner? And so he's always been the one that has pushed me and, and said, you can go do this. Like, and even now, like, you know, he's got the full-time job that's, that's stable and all that so that I'm able to go do music and, and try to figure it out. So well, I like this guy already. Yeah. He's a good guy. He really <laughs> is. Finding that type of support is really, really priceless. Yeah. I mean, he was the one that first, when I first got out of worship leading for a while, cause I'd kind of taken a hiatus from it and he essentially got me back into that um, because I just, you know, I had a lot of confidence issues. I still do some sometimes, but it's definitely gotten better. But he was the one that really just gave me confidence and spoke a lot of life into what I was doing. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. And I'm glad to hear that you actually found your voice. I mean, you were writing lyrics, but it's come together that you have the confidence to kind of sing your song because they, they are very personal songs. Yeah, it is. And and I think that that's honestly, that's what music's always been for me is that voice because I was the shy kid. I was the only child. I was the introvert. And so that was really where I even started with songwriting was, you know, things were happening in my life that I wanted to be able to write about and try to understand. And so that's where I've gotten a lot of just my processing from is being able to sit down and write something and you see it on a page. And so you better understand how you feel about it as well. Do you ever find that you think you feel this one way, but then you start writing, you're like, wow, there's something else here, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, filthy water was one of those things where I just, Honestly, I was so bitter with with things that were going on in my life at the time that I needed to get that out in, in a in a positive way um, and, and just to speak a truth. And so, yeah, that's definitely where a lot of my things come from and, and just understanding of, of, oh, OK, maybe this isn't as complex as I, I think it is like it's you know what I mean? Like. Sometimes you just have to work through it because 
especially when it's when it's your emotions and it's that close to you, it's hard to see past it. But when you're able to put it on paper and actually kind of honestly remove yourself from it in such a way, like you, you're better able to process what's going on and, and sort of see it from a new perspective. I've done that. I've got this. It's on my, my latest EP. And I yeah. went into the studio and I looked at my producer and I said, we got to tone this down. Like, it's, you know, we got to make it something a little bit more fun and positive. You know, I don't want it to be this bitter. Yeah. You know, yeah, I understand. So when you start writing, you write from lyrics, you write on the guitar first. What do you do? Honestly, so lately, I would say I'm kind of all over the place with what I do. Um, I would say most of the time I start with a hook um, and it's usually lyrics. It's usually like a lyrical hook or a melody line or something like that. Just like a short little this is what I want to say. And this is, this is the gist of it. And, and then from there I build around it. Um, but it honestly, it's been all over the place lately. Um, I, I actually, the other day I wrote a song. I just have the music right now. I sort of know what I want to say, but I, I just have the actual melody in the music right now. Right. I get that. Sometimes there's just something bopping in your head. Mm -hmm. And you got to wait for the words and the, like everything to kind of fall into place. Exactly. You know, sometimes it takes longer than other times. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've had songs that have taken, you know, five, ten minutes to really like put down and, and have out there. And then, you know, you polish them. So it's a little bit longer. But but I've had some that I'll write a verse. And it for whatever reason, like you, you've got to just kind of set it to the side and walk away for a little while. And I don't, I always think that it's more like you have to do a little bit more living to, to be able to get that one out. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've written songs where I know the chorus isn't right, but I'm going to wait for it to kind of hit me on the head. And yep. Exactly. Put it in there. So. Um, all right. So you, different writing processes and, you know, different songs come to you in kind of different ways. Do you have a producer that you work with? Um, I do. So my producer is about 30 minutes away from home. Um, I've worked with him for the past eight years. I had worked with a couple other producers in the past and it, it just didn't click. It was more of their sound, if that makes sense. And, and I feel like Rick absolutely makes sense. Yeah. And so that is one thing that I will always tell somebody like you need to interview your producer. Like if, if you don't like what they're doing, like it doesn't mesh with what you're doing. Like it's not going to miraculously, like you're not going to all of a sudden be able to, to mesh with that. So I know that now, but that's one of those things like when you start out, you have no idea. Um, and so honestly, some of those songs, well, honestly, all those songs, I never did anything with them. They're sitting, they're just sitting there because I didn't like the end product of them. And that's nothing against that producer. It's just, it is what it is. Um, it didn't work with us. And I didn't feel like it was a representation of what I wanted my music to be. So when I started working with Ricky about seven or eight years ago, um, we just clicked. Like he understood what I was saying. At no point did he make me feel like, I, I think sometimes, and especially as women, you can walk in the studio and 
be spoken down to um, and made to feel like you don't know what you're doing. And oh, yeah, girl, do I know that? Yeah. And so at no point did he make me feel that way. Um, and he would ask me my opinion. And even if I didn't necessarily know how to explain what I was hearing, we would work on it until it was right. And so I just, he's always been very respectful. And I will say that that is a huge thing. Like you, you want to have that respect, that mutual respect. And I do think women have a different struggle in the music business. Oh, definitely. 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 You know, it, it's unavoidable. You know, it's alive and well. But when you find that that person that gets you, that's number one, supporting you. Yeah. And number two, the producer who really sees has your vision. Mm -hmm. You know, it just makes everything all right. You know, you have your strength to kind of, okay, I can keep doing this. Yeah. Well, and I think at the end of the day, like you feel better about what you're putting out there too. Mm -hmm. Like it's and and, okay. and that longevity of, of what you're doing. I, I know a lot of people that have had, you know, really bad horror stories of what they've ended up with and like they just quit and they they no longer pursue this. And so I, I feel very blessed and very lucky that I have somebody who does understand my vision and we both are allowed to say to each other, like, no, that doesn't work. Like, that's a horrible idea. Like, we're very honest with each other. And so I think that that helps because there's that line of communication of all we want is for each project to be better and better. And, and we both have that goal in mind of just this next project, make it even better than the last. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's so important. You know, I really do. Because again, it is such personal material. It's music, you know, it's it, you're bleeding all over the place, you know, yeah. you're bleeding your heart all over the place. And if you don't have the right producer, and unless you've worked with a producer, it's really hard to understand that chemistry that needs to happen. It is. In that mutual respect that needs to happen. Yeah, it is. And and I think that a lot of, you know, artists that are starting out, they they don't know where to start. Um, and so that that's the biggest thing. Don't be afraid to just interview them. I mean, most of these producers interview us like Ricky actually interviewed me and, and wanted to listen to my music and, and make sure that I was serious about what I was doing before he spent the time to, to delve into a project with me. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people that get angry with that, but I, I respect that because, that shows me that he's serious about what he's doing as well. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think again, with women, it's a little intimidating. You have these named people that you interviewing and it's hard to walk away and say, no, this isn't right. When they're like, well, I'm so good. And I, you know, this is everything I'm going to do. And right. you're like, but I don't like what your, your direction you're going with this. You right. know, it's really hard. To, to have that confidence and say, you know what, I'm going to keep looking, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it, it is, it's difficult. And I feel very lucky that, you know, I found somebody that I can believe in as much as he believes in me. So. All right. Let's hear something else that you guys came up with. Now I'm going to share this and pray I do it right. <laughs> I will keep doing it until I do it right. Let me see. Okay. 
video. It's not a video file. Nope, nope, nope. That's not right. So I'm going to present. I'm going to share my screen. Don't show this again. Oh. Are we seeing this? No. All right. That didn't work. <laughs> okay, so let's stop screen share. I can always just sing if you want. <laughs> well, we have that one other video to, to go. Nope, it's not slides. We try one other thing. Share. Share Chrome tab. And you're still not seeing it? No. All right. We're going to try it one more time. Oh, there it goes. All right. Can you hear it? Mm -hmm. All right. Did it. Your touch. Never had something that I craved so much. Your attention's my control. I never can get enough. And it all started with one touch. Your voice. It's all that I need to make it hard to breathe. Like my favorite song that can make me believe This isn't wrong So I hold on And now I'm looking at you Looking at me Never seem to have to say anything Cause I know What you're thinking And like a monster We're playing until we can't escape We both know that I one time, if we only let it happen one time, if we went a little crazy and lost our minds, defenses were down, we told ourselves we have to know. And now I'm looking at you, looking at me Never seem to have to say anything Cause I know what you're thinking And like a moth to a flame until we can't escape We both know that our hearts will break But here we are with fire Your heart pounding, 
and handle Never seem to have to say anything But I know what you're thinking And like a moth to a flame until we can't escape We both know that our hearts will break But here we are And now I'm looking at you, looking at me Never seem to have to say anything Cause I know what you're thinking And like a moth to a flame until we can't escape We both know that our hearts will break But here we all right. I was in my it okay? <laughs> I forgot to turn the video off. It was still oh. going. Commercial <laughs> that was our commercial break. <laughs> oh, thank you everyone. We're still listening. We're here in another few minutes. Uh, we're on the ranch with Jennifer Alvarado. We're across uh, lots of platforms. So if you do comment, we do see it. We can respond. So if you have any comments about the song, Playing With Fire. This is a really cool uh, lyric video that we just watched. And Jennifer, um, again, all those likes help artists. You know, all those likes and follows <laughs> and all that great stuff. So where can we all find you? Yeah, so I would say the first place is my website, jenniferalvarado.com. Um, if you can't remember Alvarado, look up avocado. I promise it'll actually show up. Like <laughs> you'll still find me. Um, I call I call my fans avocados, so it, it still finds me. Um, but Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Oh goodness, what else? Usually it's it's Jennifer Alvarado Music um, at Jennifer Alvarado Music. So all of those are that. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty much everywhere. Spotify, Deezer, all those streaming platforms. I'm, I'm there. Just look me up. <laughs> okay. You have anything new coming up? You working on anything? I do. I actually have a new song coming out called Colorado. Um, it comes out the 24th. Um, so definitely check that out if you would. Um, and it's the first single that's coming off of my next album EP. I haven't decided if I'm doing a full album or if I'm just going to break it into two EP projects. Um, but that'll be out early next year. And then I also have a holiday EP coming out December 1st called uh, Christmas in Carolina. Oh, how nice. Are those originals or some you know covers of standards for the Christmas? Both. Both. So right now it's two originals and then it's a little bit different um, of a variation on Silent Night. Um, and then Oh Holy Night is a cover. Oh, how nice. Women of Substance has a call for um, holiday songs. So if you want to track them saw down. That. Maybe. You yep. saw that? Yeah. Yep. All yep. right. You're, you're a woman of substance too? Mm-hmm. All right. Do you belong to any other organizations? Um, NSAI, so National Songwriters Association. Um, and then I just became a member of the CMAs um, and I'm trying to think what else. 
that one, that one. I guess the CCMAs, so the Carolina Country Music Awards. Um, I'm a member of them as well. Oh, that's great. That's great. I, I like the women of substance. You know, I, I just had a, a networking session with them on Friday. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've never made it before. And finally I'm like, okay, I'm home doing nothing because I'm sick. And um, it was really nice. They have these networking sessions and it's not even, it's, it's music. It's everything. It's life. It's, you know, um, life sometimes gets in the way of writing and being a musician yeah. and keeping in touch with that. Well, and I think it's, I think it's cool to have these women organizations because it very much is, you know, the advocacy part and, and just having also just like-minded folks that understand the struggle with you. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's awesome that there's, there's organizations that help that work to empower women um, and be that voice for women in this industry. Yeah. Bree Noble and her group are just, you know, really great people. Yeah. Like to reach out to. So we have a few minutes left. Any other um, words of wisdom? I mean, we would, uh, for musicians just starting out. I would just say, keep going. Um, no matter what, keep going. Like if you're passionate about this, it doesn't matter what the critics have to say. It doesn't matter what your mama had to say or, or anybody else. Like if you're passionate about it, um, I really truly believe that God will, will provide and he will open a door. Um, and as long as you're putting in that effort and that work, um, it, it doesn't matter if you become the next big star like if you're just able to do music and be passionate about what you're doing, like you're already doing something amazing. So, and, and I think so many times we tend to lose our voice in this um, because we feel like we have to do this or that to be on trend or to be successful. And, and that's one thing that I've had to really learn for myself is that, my journey is not going to look like everybody else's. It's not going to look like yours. It's not going to look like the person next door, like whatever. And that's okay. It doesn't have to. It's supposed to be about our voice and, and our story. And it would be quite boring if everybody had the same exact story. Oh, and I think that's kind of been our theme, you know, for the day as women, you know, we want to be kind of pleasers. I mean, that's kind of how we're oh, yeah. And being able to go into a producer and go, you know what, this isn't quite for me and go on. It, it kind of is against our nature, but wow. you know, I think the message for today is find your support because it's there, yeah. you know, yeah. it might not have been this person. It might not even have been the people you wanted it to be like your parents or something like that. They don't maybe right. get your, your vision, but you keep looking and you're going to find your support. You're going to find your fans. And you're going to find like minded musicians. Exactly. Well, and, you know, for me, for example, I tried to keep myself in a situation for so long and tried to be everything that situation wanted me to be. And what I realized now is I was never supposed to be that like and that's OK. Like, I'm, you know, you've got to be true to yourself and be true to that, that calling that that God has given you and put on your heart and don't make yourself small um, just to appease everybody else. I love that message. 
I really, really do. And again, it, it doesn't always come natural to a lot of people, a lot of women. No, it doesn't. Because I mean, we're, we're ingrained in us to be, you know, to have that smiling face and make sure everything's okay and make sure everybody's okay. And we put ourselves last. And, you know, I think that that's just, that that's women. We, we try to please, we want to, we kind of want to be the everything to everyone, but we aren't that for ourselves. Right. And we're made to feel selfish and uncaring if we practice self-care, which you should do. Exactly. Everyone needs to find their journey, needs to find their passion. And again, you do that and you're going to find your support. Exactly. You stay to yourself. Exactly. So I really have enjoyed having you on the show, Jennifer. It's really, really been a pleasure. I'm actually going um, to North Carolina on Sunday. Oh, nice. Driving down to Leland. So how close you are to that, but we can talk afterwards. So next week I will be on the road, but we will have a show. Uh, Wally's going to be coming up. We have some, a really good artist. Uh, Again, Mondays at seven o'clock. Again, all these platforms you can watch and respond. Uh, Again, remember to check out Jennifer Alvarado, Um, not avocado, but it will supposedly find you. Yes. (laughs) Which Which is fine. All right, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for all your great comments. Thanks for joining me on The Ranch. Bye. On your way.